Hello and welcome to episode 157 of the In Squash podcast. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, you chose a good one to tune into. I had a really fun chat with uh, one of the most popular players on the tour today, uh, Belgian number one and world number 16 on the women's tour, Nelly Gillis. And uh, we had a, a great chat. We covered uh, uh, all sorts of uh, interesting topics, including uh, what she's been doing uh, during lockdown in uh, well, during the, the uh, shutdown of the, the PSA squash uh, tour, uh, what she's been doing in Holland uh, with her family and with her, uh, with her friends uh, and boyfriend, uh, Paul Cole, uh, currently ranked number uh, 16 in the world. She had a great 2019 and 2020 campaign, which proved uh, to her, which, she, uh, which we talk about uh, a fair bit, that she's uh, capable of making inroads into the top 10 uh, in, uh, once the tour gets started back here in September. Uh, we also talk about her uh, her uh, love for uh, Jonathan Powers squash game when she was younger and she still uh, loves to watch him play and uh, got a real kick out of uh, Super Squash Saturdays and uh, more recently I, I think uh, JP and Diego posted uh, a video up there and uh, we talk about uh, uh, how fun that was. Uh, and also uh, a lot of her influences, uh, two of them uh, just happened to be Nicole David and uh, Renee Melwalili. I think that, that speaks for, for a lot of the women on the tour, two uh, uh, legends of the game right there. But, uh, but Nele is uh, uh, influenced by both of those players and she gives nice testimonials uh, to both uh, Nicole and um, Renine. and we also talk about her uh, her Belgian influences and one of the one of the guys uh, that JP uh, as I recall used to uh, to play quite a bit with was uh, and train with and good friends with was a Belgian national champion uh, several times over Stefan Castellan and uh, also the other uh, her other uh, Belgian influences over the years as well uh, including uh, I think uh, was a two female uh, women's tennis players who were number one in the world, uh, uh, Justine Hennen and um, uh, Kim Kleisters. But uh, yeah, we had a really fun chat and it was uh, fantastic of Nelly to take the time out and join me here today on episode 157. Now, but before we get started uh, into that, I just want to tell you a bit about our fantastic sponsor, Active Scout. Uh, Active Scout is continuing to work on a new build that will help clubs grow and expand their membership base. Uh, within the next little while, we're going to have Active Scouts Rob Eberhardt on the podcast with any luck to tell us uh, how clubs might be able to retain and then build upon their membership. Now I'm excited to download Active Scout uh, myself once it uh, once it's ready and I'll review it for you and we'll be able to see how the app simplifi simplifies the membership onboarding process. Now you've heard me uh, talk quite a bit about Active Scout uh, over the last uh, several podcasts that I've done but uh, hold off on downloading anything until I and Rob, myself and Rob, give you the full tour and exclusive review here. Uh, he'll be coming on on the podcast to talk about Active Scout and also about uh, Whistler Squash, which uh, will be quite interesting as well. But uh, here and only here on the In Squash podcast will will you be able to uh, learn about Active Scout. So stay tuned for that. Now, if you're looking for more information, 
feel free to visit their website at www.activescout.com. That is Active Scout without the E. And this was an episode 157 that I've been waiting for. One of the one of the great stories of last year, 2019-2020, Nelly Gillis on episode 157. Uh, I'm a little bit late. Oh, no, no, you're fine. Am I? Okay, okay. And how's everything going with you? Yeah, it's good. Better than expected, actually. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, th- um, thanks, for, uh, thanks for agreeing to come on uh, the podcast. I, I, uh, I spoke with Paul there about a year and a half or so ago. He was on and uh, really appreciate you uh, taking the time out uh, to come on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Perfect, perfect. Thanks. Yeah, and just wondering though before before we get started, I hope uh, uh, everything. Hi there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, how's everything with you and and your family uh, these days under the uh, under these difficult uh, circumstances? I hope everyone's okay, healthy, and safe. Yeah, my family is. They're all healthy and and safe. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're all doing fine, thankfully. What about you? All good? Yeah. Your family? Yeah, well, good? we're kind of all separated. I live in uh, near Dubai. I'm Canadian, though. Uh, my daughter's in Canada studying. My oldest and my youngest is here with me. And my wife is in Seoul uh, with her family. She's South Korean. So okay. we're all over, uh, all over the place. Yeah. Because of uh, technology like Zoom, we're, uh, we stay yeah. connected. <laughs> Yeah, that's been so good during these uh, Corona times. Technology. Yeah, technology. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really able to see my family at the start, as they're in Belgium and I'm in Holland. But like with technology, it was so easy to just stay stay connected and to we even grew closer together. Oh, for Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. What part of uh, what part of Holland are you in? Uh, Uh, We live in near Amsterdam okay. not in Amsterdam but nearby yeah right now I remember uh, a few several years ago I worked for a company that was based out of uh, Eindhoven okay yeah yeah and um, that was a lot of fun we used to uh, because Eindhoven I think is quite close to the Belgian border so yes. several of my colleagues Dutch colleagues used to um, work, live in, in Belgium Belgium as opposed to uh, Holland, I think for tax, maybe I'm saying uh, yeah. this online, but, <laughs> but for tax purposes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'd go over there on a Friday for, for a social evening. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Social so, evenings. Yeah. It's like a, a past lifetime. <laughs> yeah, no, for definitely. Well, I guess now, now that, um, uh, well, what's the squash situation like uh, for you there, there in uh, near Amsterdam? Because I rem- I was going to say in, in Eindhoven, many uh, that was about fifteen years ago. Uh, the squash uh, facilities there were amazing. Like they had fifth, like the fifteen courts, and you know the pub. They were public facilities and beautiful. You know the latest technology and. It was it was fantastic. Uh, I'm not sure what it's like in in Holland or in uh, near Amsterdam, but uh. um, it's it's pretty good. I think there's lots of courts around, like lots of squash clubs I can train at. But I mean, I'm not exactly sure how it was here 15 years ago, so I can't really compare. Yeah. But yeah, there's lots of clubs. Yeah. Lots of clubs there. That that's great. And um, 
so is have they are they allowing you to play now there is it opened up uh yes yeah so uh just over a month ago they opened the clubs again again yeah okay yeah. that's good now um i guess just uh, we we got some really good news or you did especially uh the last, about a week and a half or so ago the psa announced uh, the return of pro squash so everybody's yes. very excited uh, about that uh, but particularly you now i'm sure maybe the psa gave you a bit of a heads up in advance i know i i spoke with alex goff on my podcast about three weeks back and he he mentioned that it would be in mid-September. And uh, I guess I'm guessing you knew probably a little while ago. But uh, how does it feel now uh, that uh, hopefully you're going to be back playing uh, pro squash uh, for a living again? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I heard rumors, but now that they made it official, it's, it's actually just really nice to have a date. Because mm -hmm. before we were training and – like working hard, but we didn't really know what to aim for, or we didn't really have a target. Now we have a date, so we actually have something to train for, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> I just really hope it goes ahead, but yeah. Yeah, well, hopefully it does. Yeah, I mean, what you see in other sports, um, I know in uh, American baseball, for example, suddenly a few guys got uh, tested positive, right? And then that changed everything. So they, they're not, things don't look so good. But in other sports uh, where they have, I guess they have this bubble. They talk about yeah. it, right? So, and I think Alex was talking about having, like having that type of thing, having a bubble so that you can maintain the security and, and maintain the sort of, uh, you know, not, not allow it to spread so easily. Uh, yeah, um, I think in, um I think it's Australia and New Zealand, then the rugby teams, they have to stay in a bubble, but they have to like go to like separate, I don't know, on an island somewhere or whatever. And they're not allowed to see anyone except their team yeah. and then play against us. So if it's that kind of bubble, maybe that's a bit extreme, but. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a bit <laughs> extreme. But uh, may, maybe I think what they were talking about was you know, within, you know, I guess within travel where, where you're allowed to pass through borders easily. And so people who are in those areas, uh, so you're in Holland, probably you'd be able to get to the UK and, and play, but not so much maybe to, to the US. So you, a lot of your stuff would be, uh, at least in the near future, might be played in, uh, in Europe, obviously. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I'll be playing more uh, in Europe and then like people in America maybe stay in America or like that you mean or? Yeah, that, that, I mean, that, that's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. But maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I don't know uh, that much about it. But To be honest, yeah, I don't think about it too much. I just take it day by day and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, that, that's the best way. I mean, yeah. that, that's the, yeah. and just be prepared to deal with I'm whatever. I'm prepared for anything, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when is your, uh, potentially when, what is and where, where will you be playing your first event? Well, as it's looking now, it's going to be in Manchester uh, right. mid-September. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting. <laughs> so that's, uh, that'll be a men's and women's uh, event then. Yes. Yeah. It'll be so, good. 
so Paul Paul uh, will play in, in it as well. Yes, we were actually thinking of uh, driving to England instead of flying, just to yeah. reduce our risk a little bit because, <laughs> like, we have to take a test before we leave. But then if you, and then you also get tested when you arrive. Mm-hmm. I think they said and. Um, yeah, so we don't want to risk getting there and then getting Corona while we're traveling, and then oh, yeah. we would be so gutted if we couldn't compete. Then <laughs> that would be t- that would be uh, yeah, that'd be awful. But uh, I think yeah. yeah, when you're on an airplane and in an airport, uh, that, that's a bit risky. There, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure. Actually, I haven't traveled traveled since March, so I'm not quite sure what the travel situations are like at the moment, but. I'm sure they're taking lots of measurements. Um, yeah. 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 That's yeah. Well, good luck in that that event. Are are you now? I guess since um, things shut down back in in the in the beginning of 2020, there maybe March it was, up until now. How how have you been doing? Have you been uh, working hard? Uh, or did you? I know I I spoke with a few few of the players. Some of them just said, "Oh no." No, they, they, they decided to uh, to take a rest and uh, you know take it easy, go for walks, go for an easy run, not not a hard run. Um, what about you? Did you take a little bit of a breather, or was it uh, um, normal? At the start, like when we first went into lockdown, I kind of took it a little bit easier. I maybe did one workout a day. Mm. um yeah I just like me that's what I do yeah yeah so I I kind of no but wait (laughs) just wait (laughs) I kind of wanted to give my body a little bit of a rest and work on I don't know staying positive and just getting through these times uh times but after a couple of weeks I I um yeah I started training twice a day again I I don't know I was kind of missing it and I got myself into a good routine and yeah. I uh, yeah, and then I started doing ghosting and bike sessions and just lots of different things. And we were very lucky that our neighbors um they have a gym and they gave us lots of gym equipment. Oh, cool! <laughs> so we have a bike and they gave us a rower and some weights and stuff. Yeah. So we've been, yeah, we've we've been training a bit actually, but we've been enjoying it. That's good. You have to enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, and then it becomes yeah, no, becomes yeah. part just of something you don't enjoy. But yeah, I've been enjoying. You know, one. I didn't take a break. Once a day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't but do we, twice more, but uh, yeah. But we've been more like chilled with our training, like just doing what we feel like doing. And if we feel like resting, we rest. If we feel like going for a run, we go for a run. If you know, just listening to our body. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's something I learned uh, during this lockdown because I thought, oh, yeah, um, this COVID thing, this will give me the chance to really, really get fit now. So I started going crazy. Like I was running really, you know, trying to break my 5K time and all this stuff. And then I hurt my hip. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't run. I really don't like running. Oh, my. So uh, then, I, like you just said, listen to your body, and I did. And uh, now I feel great and I'm playing a lot of squash. And, and I think yeah. that's good advice. Listen, listen to your body. So 
Nelly, you had a, uh, I think, what, 2019, 2020 was a, was a pretty good season uh, for you. You're right now, I think your highest ever world ranking, 16 in the world. Yes. Yeah, yeah that, that's amazing. And, and you seem to be on the right trajectory, moving up, uh, upwards towards um, the, the top 10. So first of all, before we, I mean, what I noticed anyways, I mean, you, you, you had some, some good wins over the, the girls that were around your ranking. And then you were very, you had some matches against the top girls, Norhan, Camille, Sarah, Jane, Amanda, a lot of the, well, a few of them anyways, you stretched those girls to, into, you know, very long uh, matches and, and very close games, which, you know, must have been, uh, prom- felt promising for you. So how would you uh, rate uh, the 2019-2020 season before things uh, shut down on you? Um, yeah, I, I'm really happy with uh, my season. Um, um, I feel like I was getting better every tournament, so I was a bit gutted that <laughs> it ended all of a sudden. Um, but yeah, I, I'm starting to feel more confident, and I feel like my training is um, paying off. And yeah, I'm, I'm going into these matches confident and knowing that I always try to go into these matches knowing that I can beat them if yeah um, yeah if I just believe in myself and mm. yeah yeah because you but, showed it uh, uh, I mean you had some good some some good wins like I said o- over the the girls right around your ranking in the top you know between twenty uh, ten and twenty and below and then the, those I mean you had a, a couple of really close ones with the uh, Norhan although she I mean. Talk about playing against her. I mean, oh, I mean, sometimes she just, she's out there, it's, it's like crazy, right? She just hits yeah. so hard all the time. But then, uh, but then you managed, I think, I forget, I think one of them went five, didn't it? Or, or four. No, yeah, U.S. Open, we went to four. And, uh, uh, so, so obviously you found a way to, to play her that was successful, uh, which a lot of, uh, even the top girls, uh, uh, are unable to do that. So what, what was it that you were able to, how were you able to manage to, to, uh, to keep things close against her and almost beat her? Um, yeah, I remember the, it was the first time I ever played her at the US Open. I remember the first game, I, like I knew what to expect, but then when you're actually on court with her, it's like a completely different story. And she blew me away after the first set. So I, kind of had to change my tactics a bit. I tried to slow it down a little bit and uh, stretch the court a bit for her. And I, I mm. yeah, I got into a good rhythm and I I was right into the match. Um, yeah, I, I had a really good feeling after the match, but then I played her again in Chicago yeah. uh, a few months after that. And yeah, she completely blew me away there. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that'll happen. Day too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess, I guess it just goes to show, though. I mean, uh, not, it wasn't just against her, against uh, Sarah Jane, and uh, I think you had some other other close matches against the top girls. So I guess it, it just proves to you that uh, on your best days that, that you can compete with, with the top players in the game. So you just want to be more consistent playing at that level, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I I look at uh, these matches. Like every single match I play is is a new challenge for me, and 
I like a good challenge and um, yeah, hopefully one one day soon I can get over the finish line and get a win uh, over one of these top girls. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly not, it's certainly just around the corner I, in my estimation. So let's see. Uh, you know, maybe with the, the post-COVID PSA tour, once that comes around, maybe this is your time, Nelly. Hopefully, yes. <laughs> I'm working hard. <laughs> now, now, I had a question. I mean, uh, we all, uh, I mean, I'm a huge fan of, uh, of Paul and yours, but I, I really enjoy, I get inspiration from uh, his circuit training because I'm a big circuit training guy. Now, there's no way I can even come close to doing what he does with the weights and all that stuff. But uh, I do like, it's pretty crazy. Uh, and, and it's amazing what he can do. But I've got a great question because you're, you're quite fit and you're, you're very, your cardio must be amazing as well. So when you guys uh, train together, cause I know you train a bit together. Um, is there any aspect of the training when you guys train together where he can't keep up with you? Is there any, any, any um, sort of, you know, maybe, maybe it's, uh, I don't know what it would be, but um, there must be, right? I, I can't think of anything at the top of my head, but I'm sure, I'm sure I've beaten them at workouts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I think most of the time he's always like a bit quicker than me. <laughs> Is he? I yeah. always try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's, it's good for me because. What's his kryptonite? Always, that, that's what we, uh, in, in, the, in the circuit training. What's his kryptonite? You know, the kryptonite, the, the super, Superman's kryptonite. Uh, the, yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. that he, that he uh, doesn't really Eight. enjoy. Yeah, yeah. In, in um, push-up. For me, it's push-ups. Oh, no, no. He definitely, he's good at push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> that's yeah. probably my kryptonite. I think maybe core. I think I would beat him at core. Would you? Yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. So, there. yeah, I know. I knew. I know. There's. I know. There's some aspect of it where where you where you might be slightly ahead ahead of him in, in that department, whatever it is. But uh, now, um, Belt. I I noticed on the, on the Twitter there a little while ago. You posted a, one of my favorite videos. Um, was the Power Game YouTube video? You you know the Power Game, Jonathan Powers. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you, I think you posted a clip of um, Jonathan and Graham riding. They were talking about life playing in, in England. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And how Jonathan was complaining about uh, you know living having to having to play there in the old world. Uh, as opposed to, you know, back in Toronto, New York City, the new world. Now, um, obviously, uh, England's a great place. We, we all, all love going to the UK. But uh, just wondering, um, were, you, were you a fan of Jonathan's uh, at all growing up? Uh, did you enjoy watching, watching his match? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did and I still do. I still watch, <laughs> watch his matches back. I just, yeah. yeah, he's a great character. And, like, his deception is is so good. I could watch it all day. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, and he's just a very uh, a different character, which is also very nice to see. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He when yeah. he was around, I mean, the, you always wanted to watch his matches because you never knew what was going to happen, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah. No, I, I, uh, yeah, when uh, he went, what he brought to the game was something completely different. So I think it helped a lot of players uh, develop their games and, and evolve as players uh, over the years if they were to follow. Elias these days of Jonathan. Sorry, could you repeat that, uh, Neil? You can see a lot of Jonathan and Diego Elias these days. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did, did you watch the uh, Super Squash uh, Saturday? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. so good to just watch some live squash again. <laughs> yeah, that, that was Anything. That yeah, was that was fantastic. really good. What did you think of the, the hardball? Uh, it, it looked tough. <laughs> mm. Yeah, normally the, uh, the hardball is played on a narrower... Someone was telling me this, uh, uh, the, it's a different sized court that they play hardball on, so it's narrow. So Narrower? Yeah, it's a narrower court, oh. the hardball court. Would... So that, that, that's well, someone was saying there were, that jo that's maybe why Jonathan injured himself is because the hardball isn't meant for the wide international uh, court. So he was having to stretch a little bit further than he, than he normally yeah. have to. <laughs> but uh, I, I thought, you know, the way he looked, uh, he looked a little, you know, he was still very fast and, very skilled with the racket. Every, everything was amazing, but you could just see uh, something was going to happen because yeah. he, he, was, he was going so quickly uh, for all the balls, wasn't he? Yeah, so quick. It looks like he's getting uh, fitter again now. I think um, Diego did a live video sometime last week, it was. Okay. And it was just a normal ball. I, I'm not sure if you saw that. I didn't I think see they that, played. No. I think they played a match and Diego was only allowed to play straight. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it was so good. He was so good still. <laughs> Unbelievable. Imagine having to play Jonathan and, and he could hit any shot and you only had to hit straight. You'd be, yeah. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> yeah. Although it'd be a nightmare, but it'd be uh, a dream come true because wouldn't you love to just be on the court with him? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, now, he, uh, I remember back when he was playing, he had a one of his best friends on the tour was the Belgian national champion, right? Stefan Castellan. Stefan Castellan, yeah. They they were they were very close. Did you? Uh, I, I didn't I didn't know that actually. No. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I remember back in the day that they used to train together because I think Jonathan lived in Holland, right? In Holland or in Belgium? In Holland, so I think that Holland? maybe they, maybe Stefan might have lived in Holland, or they, they they spent some time together. I don't know the the whole story, but they were friendly. Mm. Okay, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I used to love watching Stefan play as well. So what was his game like? Because I, I don't really, I know he was very good, obviously very good, but uh, it was so easy, so smooth, just yeah. yeah, effortless. It looked so effortless. <laughs> So yeah, he's a Belgian national champion several times over, right? Yeah, like close to 20 times. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I can maybe 16 or 17 times. And how maybe about that wrong. how about you? You've got how many do you have now? Six now. Six now. Okay. Six, Six yeah. at the age of 20. You're 24, right? Yes. <laughs> so, so that first one was when you were what 18 or 17. 17, 16 or 17. I think I missed one or two. Okay. So maybe because, you, were, you were quite yeah. young then. Yeah. 
So what, what's that mean to you to be a six time? Is that, is that something uh, you're pretty proud of? Uh, I guess winning the first Belgian, uh, your first one would have been, you would have been, would have been amazing. But now, now. Yeah, yeah for sure. I'm definitely proud of them. Yeah. I mean, winning a national title. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's great being, if you think about it, being number one in Belgium. <laughs> it's pretty good. So who who were your like uh, other like sort of female? I know Belgian had Belgium had two of the greatest female tennis players of all time, right? Uh, Justine Henin and uh, Kim Kleisters. Kim Kleisters. I yes. mean, were they? Uh, no, I'm not sure about the female side, but obviously they had some some very good uh, female women's players as well. So who who did you look up to when you were coming up? Because I know you had a very good junior. Uh, career what what female sort of role models in the squash scene at that time when you were younger coming up who who did you look up to uh, i looked up to a lot to uh, kim hannes okay do you know her she's uh, stefan's wife now she has oh, okay. she had she won the national so many times as well and um yeah so my goal was always to beat her once <laughs> <laughs> and then i I think the year before I won it, I played the final against her, and I think I lost in five. And then she retired. Ah. Yeah, I don't think I ever got the chance. I can't remember. But yeah, I was. I always wanted to be, to uh, win nationals as many times as she did. Okay. And um, another person I I've looked up to my whole life is Nicole David. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. I watched every single one of her matches growing up. Yeah, I guess growing up when you were when you were a junior, that's what when she she was still uh, number one and still dominating the game, and Renim was uh, sort of starting to come on and, and start starting to make uh, progress there. Yes, and Nicole was also based in Amsterdam for a while. That's right. Yeah. So I. Uh, I actually got the opportunity a few times to come train with her in Amsterdam, which was so exciting for me. Yeah. And I learned so much from her. Yeah, she's such a great role model, isn't she? I mean, um, yes. She just, uh, I mean, she just gets on with the matches. She never really argued at all with referees. Uh, only, I mean, the only time she questioned a call was when it was really, really necessary, right? Uh, otherwise, yeah. she. <laughs> yeah, she's a great role model uh, as well, on court as off court. She's mm, absolutely so nice, and yeah, just I wish everyone was like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the world would be a, such a good place. <laughs> it, it would, yeah. We need we need more people like Nicole these days, don't we? Yes, for sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, obviously, uh, when you get back on tour in Manchester when you start playing again, there's going to be one really no notable uh, absence from the women's uh, circuit uh, because during the COVID, uh, Renim uh, announced her retirement. And I think for maybe people who were close to her, really close to her might have known she was going to retire, but I think the majority of people uh, did not know. I don't know if you knew, but uh, I was shocked about it. And uh, just amazing. What an amazing career. And I noticed that, that you mentioned uh, that she was a great, really ins inspirational person 
in your life as a squash player and as a person. So just tell me what, what it's going to be like without her on the tour and what she meant to, what she meant to you. Cause I know she, she's also in, in a lot of ways, a lot like Nicole. I mean, uh, super suit. I met her here in Dubai, just a super nice person and just a class act on the court. And uh, not only that, uh, what a squash player, right? <laughs> she's just amazing. Yeah. Yes, uh, I was a shock to see her. Mm. Um, it took me a few days to process and and realize that she was. I was actually never going to see her play again in in real life. I was so sad. Mm. I didn't see it coming at all. But I mean, the legacy she left behind is amazing. She's inspired so many. She's just set the bar so high again yeah yeah and since i think i first discovered like really started following her at the world champs when she played the final against nicole she was match ball up and then she lost yeah yeah i think i think that was the first time for me personally that i was like whoa and then she's been an inspiration for me ever since and yeah, just like you said, just she's so nice on and off court, just like Nicole and a, a real role model for lots of, uh, yeah, lots of uh, juniors coming up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's um, definitely a role model and someone, I mean, what a smooth and skillful uh, player she was too. Like she, she, made it, she made it look so easy. So it was easy. just... Yeah. Beautiful to watch her. <laughs> Beautiful strokes. And uh, she reminded, I mean, her and uh, uh, Amr Shabana, I think they, a lot of people compare the two of them, their styles of play. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're similar. In a lot yeah, they were both technically very sound. So Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. So, uh, so now that you've got uh, Manchester in your sights, so what are the next, uh, I guess it's probably less than a month is or, or no maybe just about a month away so what what yeah. uh, what what's going on between now and then is it uh, a little bit of hard training and then more match play yeah i've actually just started doing more match play now the first uh, like the last three months or so i've been doing like lots of ghosting and more track sessions and weights and now i'm um starting to do more match play as well yeah right on. and who, who are you playing who are you playing with mostly uh, aside from from the obvious aside from playing maybe a little bit with, uh who, who do you I actually i actually play with guys just guys mainly yeah there's not really any women around unfortunately oh, really? well that, yeah. that's uh how do you like that is that does that help or does that uh yeah, yeah it's really good okay. uh, I, I love training with guys it challenges me, but it's it's the women's game game is so different as well. So yeah, speak to that. I mean, uh, tell tell us about the what you think is the difference between the women's game and the men's game. Not uh, in my estimation, both. I love the women's game and the men's game, and they like you said they are different. But I can't really, I can't really identify it maybe as well as you could. What 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 do you think? the biggest differences are between the women's game and the men's game? Um, I think 
like if I compare it to uh, if I train with guys and girls, I think with guys it's more more physical and like fast. Everything is fast tempo and quick and and then if I play with women, I think they would go for shots quicker okay. and like make you make the court longer for you. Is it more That's of a chess game against women? Yes, for sure. Yes. They're more more <laughs> thoughtful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. Like they use height more, lobs. Yeah. Drops. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's kind of the way I viewed it, but I never really thought uh, that deeply about it. But I think yeah, it's a good point to make. Yeah. The men are more physical. They want. You know, there's a bit more power involved. Uh, I think maybe where the chess comes into play is maybe when one player is starting to feel a little less physically a little less physical than the other and then they then they have to sort of slow things down a bit sometimes yeah but i guess it also depends on on the player everyone's different everyone's got a different style too so <laughs> yeah absolutely well uh Nelly, you've been uh, fantastic Th thanks so much for for your time today now uh, also please send uh, paul a big hello uh from the, from the podcast uh for us as well I will do. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks a lot. And uh, all the best in Manchester. We'll, we'll be cheering for you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> well, thanks so much uh, to Nelly for that. And we want to uh, wish her all the best in Manchester. Uh, that event, uh, the first event on the PSA uh, tour schedule, hopefully coming up uh, in um, the middle of September and she and uh, all of the, her peers and on the men and women's side uh, will be gearing up for that. Now a couple of things I didn't uh, didn't really have time to get to ask Nelly but, but uh, hopefully the next time uh, she comes on we'll talk about uh, you know the matches she's had with her sister and uh, of course uh, Rob Owen who happens to be her coach uh, really didn't get to talk to her uh, about that but uh, yeah we just ran out of time a little bit there at the end but we will hopefully uh, the next time around so again thanks so much to, to Nelly for her time and uh, speaking of uh, this podcast upcoming uh, we've got quite a few uh, good episodes already in the works uh, we've got Richard Millman coming on. He's going to talk about World Squash Day, which is coming up on October 10th of this year and uh, what's going on with that. Also, his eye mask, uh, which is making, uh, uh, which is uh, quite uh, popular these days, obviously, under uh, the unfortunate COVID circum circumstances. Uh, and he talks a bit about uh, the eye mask, uh, the U.S. varsity uh, squash scene, which is uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things play out there as well and we are also going to have James Flynn on speaking of the US uh, varsity scene as uh, junior squash uh, Canadian sensation James Flynn, Flynn he plays for uh, the University of Pennsylvania and he'll be coming on to talk about last season where he had a very good one and uh, also how things might be playing out for him and what he's heard with regard to uh, this season and much much more here on the podcast so uh, please if you don't mind uh, firstly uh, thanks uh, 
so much for listening. And if you don't mind, give us a like uh, uh, on Twitter, on Facebook. We're on uh, Instagram. Follow uh, the In Squash podcast, and you can get all the latest uh, episodes and even uh, take a look back at the backlog of uh, 156 episodes that we have, uh, 157 including uh, Nelly today. So, everyone, thanks so much for listening, and uh, I hope everything is going well for you and your families and you're getting back out on the squash court uh, if not now hopefully in the near future take care and we'll be talking to you again very soon goodbye now